What's the gospel? Put it in a sentence. The gospel is the news that Jesus Christ, the righteous one, died for our sins. Rose again, eternally triumphant over all his enemies, so that there is now no condemnation for those who believe, but only everlasting joy. That's the gospel. Welcome to the Pulse Podcast. I'm Toya Akinoso. I am your host and I am joined by Mike Omani. And in case you're still relatively new around here, you're thinking, what's this Pulse thing? Well, the Pulse is a platform for OGGM to get our listeners to send us Pulse raising questions regarding the Christian faith. And the question we have sent in today is, what should a Christian's response be to Cults, and this is actually a question we get asked quite a fair bit due to the emergence on social media of places such as SPAC Nation. And in case you're you're still unaware, um, SPAC Nation are a church. I use that term quite loosely. Um, they are, but the sake of this discussion, I refer to them as a church. They are located in London, and they've come under quite a few allegations recently, which has led to a lot of people referring to them as cults. Um, so the question I'm going to ask you today, Mike, is firstly. What is a cult and what should a Christian's response be to said cults? Hey, Toy, lovely to be back on another podcast. Um, this is a really important question for Christians to take super seriously because we know that this is one of the things characteristic of the last days. And in Second Timothy, when encouraging Timothy, Paul uh, speaks at length about what Timothy should expect in the last days. One of the biggest misconceptions Christians have is they confuse the last days for the last day. Uh, folks attribute the list given in Second Corinthians, uh, Second uh, Timothy three thereabouts. Um, I want to find it for us. Second Timothy four, rather. People attribute all those different things we see in Second Timothy four, from verses one to about verses five, to things that would happen on the last day when Jesus comes, and that's not true. It says last days. And what is the last days? Well, the last days is the period between the first and the second coming of Jesus Christ, which is the period we're in right now so these things are typical they are archetypical of the last days we should expect them um, they will happen uh, lots and lots and people will preach all sorts of gospels and so it is so important for christians in this time to be fully equipped to know the bible and funny enough just to give you a spoiler alert rather than making you wait till the end for the christian response i'll tell you right now the christian response to cults is well let's think about it cults are fake fake churches false prophets fake teachers we'll go through a more thorough definition in a minute so so how do you know the fake from the real well you need to become accustomed to the real mm. you need to understand the real you need to spend time really knowing your bibles well enough to understand doctrinal differences so you can spot when the wolves are trying to hoodwink you this is how you know the difference but also warn other people about the difference now in terms of what cults are there are many definitions and um, everyone I, I remember speaking to a friend once who said well mike you know, aren't you part of a cult? I mean, we're all part of cults. And I said, not quiet. I'll take you through maybe two or three definitions that are broad, but I think help us to get to grips with this thing. Ruth Tucker, who wrote another gospel, said that a cult is a religious group that has a prophet founder called of God to give a special message not found in the Bible itself often 
apocalyptic in nature and often set forth in inspired and that's in quotation marks writings another definition given by john ankerberg and john wilden who wrote the encyclopedia on cult and new religion said a cult may be briefly defined as a separate religious group claiming compatibility with christianity but whose doctrines contradict those of historic christianities whose practices are ethical and standards uh, 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 violate those those of biblical christianity and i guess the third one which i'll give to us is written by walter martin uh, in the book rise of the cults which I, i've actually taken a cursory look at cultism in short is any major deviation from orthodox christianity relative to the cardinal doctrines of the christian faith and here what links these three definitions together is quite simple cults typically take the christian message adapt it twist it jazz it up uh, call it different names foundationally based on their own wisdom their own belief that they've got this interested and inspired um, um new approach at the church they often say things like the churches has been doing it wrong for years and and the churches is, is stuck in its old ways and the church needs to be reformed and they use these language that sounds like progressive but really they they, they are reductive approaches to the church they are a bastardization of jesus's teachings and Quite frankly, these churches often twist key doctrines like the deity of Christ, God and the Trinity. A lot of them are modalist. A lot of them uh, 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 will speak about or will twist uh, the final revelation of Scripture. So, sola scriptura, that the only Scripture uh, is, is the foundation of authority. Uh, they, some of them will even try and twist the nature of salvation, like salvation was based on money paid to a pastor or, or hands put up in a service things of that nature uh, of course there are many other things but these are the things typical to most cults we observe today then a follow-up question i'll then ask you is I offer a dialogue i often see and i imagine we'll see after this podcast comes out is that when christians call out these churches the response often is how dare you judge someone else for their belief or what authority do you have to call out someone for false teaching what would your response be to that well, it's um, it's it's, it's laughable. It's, it's laughable because you know, just a cursory glance at scripture will show you there are many, many, many warnings in scripture about false teachers, false prophets, and false doctrines many i can think of at least 20 something but i'll give you some in matthew 7 15 we are told to beware of false prophets who come in sheep's clothing in matthew 24 5 we are told jesus uh, in answering the question answers watch out that no one deceives you for many will come in my name claiming i am the christ and will deceive many i literally uh, watched a video a few days ago where somebody was saying that uh, that their pastor is the word something like that or is the word in the flesh and i, and I hit the roof because i thought this, this is makes no sense mark thirteen twenty two says false prophets and false christians shall arise with signs and wonders to seduce 
even the elect. In Acts 13, Acts 20, uh, we're told of what happens, right? Um, I mean, in 2 Corinthians 11, Ephesians 4, 2 Timothy 2, we are told the New Testament offers us so many examples of where we might be led astray and then gives us strong warnings to beware of these people. So, so it, it just beggars belief that Christians think the approach to false teachings is to be quiet. The Bible preaches the exact opposite things. We are to speak forth and, 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 and to teach. I'll tell you what Ephesians 4.14 says. It says, then after we've been reading the word, after we've grown in Christ, it says we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness rather, of men in their defense. The, uh, deceitful scheming the bible goes at length to offer strong warnings against false teachings and false uh, teachers against deceptions and wrong doctrine it would be crazy for an unbeliever to, to see clear error and to keep quiet now whether you go on twitter or or, or, or you or you go to your church i mean th that's up for debate but you must do something about it Thank you for that, Mike. And then last follow-up question I'll ask you is, let's say myself or a friend of mine is in one of these churches who we consider a cult or the Bible would consider a cult rather. What is then the best approach to do? Is it okay, run away, run as far away from that church as possible? Or do you raise this up with leadership? Do you take a Bible to them and try and open it up with them? Or do you just guard your own faith and your own security? Or do you act upon it? Well, it, it depends where you are, I think, in, in your relationship and the kind of relationship you have with, with said person. You know, this is personal to me because I have many friends who I consider to be, and I say many deliberately, that I consider to be in churches that could be described as fitting into the large net net i cast at the beginning uh, these are churches that offer a false christ a false repentance and so on and so forth and and the primary thing i have to do is pray and i don't say prayer because prayer is a cop-out i often say this philippians 4 lets us know that we shouldn't be anxious but in prayer and supplication we should make our request known to god so when we are angry about certain things and we see things that grieve our spirit and get us really angry we have to take it to god in prayer who has wisdom and gives it liberally who who equips us to speak to friends and family who may be part of said movements now based on how close you are and the kind of relationship you have with the person i would advise different things if you think you're part of a cult for me that's all there is to it if you think you're part chances are you need to get out of there and leave and find a a, a, a a community of christian believers who who you see fruit in right who hold fast the teachings of historical traditional orthodox christianity you aren't trying to jazz things up right and prayerfully through that through those different means you can engage and take a look at the church you're part of and really try and make sense of it of course it's the work of the holy spirit what we're talking about to leave such a a, a practice the holy spirit really has to be guiding uh, the person but also there's a very sociological thing we have to we have to understand with, with cults i mean there are various sociological reasons people are in cults cults often 
offer a very centralized authority uh, structure uh, where a kind of charismatic and domineering leader um, uh, is in the middle of everything and people look um, at these uh, this person and they they attach themselves with them to them because of security and authority uh, because of the security they think they provide them this is often called called a, a personality cult if you like well you have to help people understand why there is no security to be found in any man right uh, uh, cults often offer people this us versus them na uh, narrative or mentality that can be very isolationist again a cursory glance at second corinthians uh, 13 will let you know that's not how the church works we aren't uh, there is no us versus them and we aren't to be isolationist we are to reach out to other believers um cults spend a lot of time telling other people about cults in a way that Christians don't spend a lot of time telling other people about Christians. So to what degree can you improve your witness and so you can speak more about Jesus Christ and, and let your life be seen by people so they may glorify your Father in heaven by, by, by virtue of seeing it. Uh, cults often are very legalistic, right? Both in terms of trying to um, get you to be saved but also to help you keep your salvation. So to what degree can you enlighten this equally? My point is there are many, many ways a Christian can engage with these things and he has to do so i was having a chat with a friend just a couple of days ago and this is important because i fear what often happens when we think about cults is we get very tired seems like they're winning it seems like you know i mean these these cults seem to be growing in number and they seem to be having you know uh, the, the net breaking uh, 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 testimonies of just members going that everyone loves it and it seems like there's no point in holding fast to traditional christianity but i want to remind you of second timothy where we see paul helping a young timothy out with issues he might have pertaining to the last days right this is re this is really really important here's what he says in 2 Timothy 2, Paul lets us know, he says, he says, preach the word. 2 Timothy 4, 2, he says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season to correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers other translations say a multitude of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths but you keep your head in all situations endure hardship do the work of an evangelist discharge all duties to your ministry isn't this so helpful paul here is encouraging young timothy that such a time will come when you will have to hold fast to the gospel of jesus christ now here's what's so amazing and vody Bork, uh, borkham uh, 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 help me understand this in verse 9 when given his personal remarks, Paul, who was writing from a jail cell, who is afraid they are about to kill him, offers some parting remarks to Timothy. He says, do your best to come to me quickly. 
right? And here's what's interesting. He says, if you jump to verse 13, he says, When you come, bring the cloak I left with Carpus at Taurus. So he says, I'm cold, right? I'm cold. I've got some issues. I've got some physical stuff going on. Please bring to me the cloak I left. He says, and bring with me my scrolls as well. So bring me with me the word. Uh, bring with me, uh, 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 you know, s- some books so I can read. I can, I can, I can edify myself. And he says, especially. And some version says, and if you can't bring to me with me any of these things, make sure you bring my parchments, which are which are uh, essentially made of animal skin. That let's call it paper that he gets to write on. So, he, so what he's saying is. Despite everything that's going on, all the craziness, all the slander, all the cults, because Paul spent a lot of time confronting many greed sects, right? He says, despite all that stuff, bring to me my parchments so I can write. I still want to write more. I've got more things to say about the situation. I still want to engage with the culture. I want to give what, I still want to say something. So for anyone who's looking at these things and looking at all these injustices, feeling super sad that somehow it seems that those who shouldn't be winning are winning, take heed from poor. Do not lose heart. Endure. Proclaim and protect the gospel. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction, but also engage write document speak say something that matters and help people who may be trapped in these deficient movements thank you so much for that mike thank you for sitting down with us and really sharing with us that that that, that biblical centered truth and thank you guys for listening as well um if you'd like to keep up to date with all of our latest podcasts please hit that subscribe button and we can't wait to see you next week at 7 p.m where we discuss kanye west and true discipleship see you then